It's time to eat. Get in my belly! Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that's so nice. We do it twice, but this is the last week we're doing it twice, Evan. Next week, we will just be doing one show. We'll just be breaking down the playoff games for DFS purposes, which is really, really fun if you guys haven't done it before. Promo code is PODCAST1 over at BetOnline.ag. They are the title sponsor of the Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast, your online sportsbook experts. He is Evan Silva. The Roto World Superstar. Uh, now, Evan, I know that you didn't get a chance to get as in-depth by now as you normally do because of the holidays and stuff. I think you are forgiven, especially since most people are done with their season-long leagues anyway, and they're just looking for a little DFS advice. Check out Evan on Twitter, at Evan Silva. You can also check me out, at Ross Tucker NFL, and the channel is at RTF podcast by the channel I mean the podcast company the podcast handle because there's fantasy feast and Ross Tucker football podcast and even money and college draft and business and sports all of which by the way you can always check out over at RossTucker.com no uh, Thursday night game no Monday night game so it's all Sundays at one Sunday ones Sunday fours and the one night game we will get started here with the Sunday at one games. All right, Evan, let's start with the seven and eight Dolphins, five and ten Buffalo Bills. I got to imagine that some people might think Josh Allen is interesting from a DFS perspective, you know, for a, a one week slate because of his rushing. Yeah, and we are not, you know, we're not going to hit on every single guy in this show. Um, first of all, I haven't like put in all the, all the research yet because of Christmas and, Hanging out with family and all that, so I'm, I'm not, not usually I'm not as prepared as I usually am, but also because, you know, most reasonably set up fantasy football leagues in season long are, um, you know, they're they're already finished, so we're talking mostly DFS, and we'll hit on guys that might have a little bit of extra opportunity, uh, but we're not going to talk about like Lashawn McCoy here. Um, so, yeah, let's focus on the quarterback situation. If you're playing DFS, I think that Josh Allen is, should be squarely uh, in your consideration, your pool of consideration at the quarterback position. Um, and I think that, uh, well, first of all, the, the Dolphins have given up a bunch of big games to mobile quarterbacks. Josh Allen himself was the quarterback, too, overall when these teams played a little while ago. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky was the quarterback five overall. Uh, when he played the Dolphins earlier this season. And Deshaun Watson was the number one overall fantasy quarterback, if you remember, on that Thursday night game. Um, he just lit it up. Dolphins have allowed the sixth most uh, rushing yards to quarterbacks per game. And I think that the player that you stack him with in DFS this week, Josh Allen, is uh, Robert Foster. Now, Robert Foster had uh, a slow game relatively Last week, compared to Zay Jones, Zay Jones was more productive. Um, and Isaiah McKenzie got a bunch of targets. But Isaiah McKenzie left the game, um, actually got carted off to be checked for a concussion. He came back in, but he missed about half the game. 
And so Zay Jones jumped into the slot during that period. And we know that Zay Jones has been much better in the slot. He had 42 yards and a touchdown on slot routes alone last week. Um, and, you know, that made up for over half of his five for 67 and a touchdown. And Isaiah McKenzie's fine. And Isaiah McKenzie going to be playing the slot again this week. So Zay Jones is going to move back outside. doesn't mean that he can't have a big game. But I think that Robert Foster is the is the better play here because Dolphins have given up a ton of big plays, uh, seventh most 20-plus yard completions allowed in the NFL. My guess is that Xavier Howard won't be back this week because he didn't come back last, last week, and this game is meaningless, so it doesn't really make sense for them to push him to play through his knee injury. I think that – and then Robert Foster, <clears throat> Josh Allen had him in the first quarter last week for – uh, what would have been an 82-yard touchdown bomb, but Robert Foster lost it in the sun. And so it was just one of those games, you know, things happened fortunately for Zay Jones, not as fortunately for Robert Foster. I think that it can it can come back around, and, uh, and Robert Foster will end up being the play uh, against the Dolphins. Uh, on the Dolphins' side, you know, the, the running back situation was disappointing last week because – they didn't settle on one guy. They used Kenyon Drake for 10 touches. They used Kalen Balaj for six. And they gave Brandon Bolden five. And Brandon Bolden was the only guy who scored a touchdown the entire game. Dolphins drove right down the field on their first drive, scored a touchdown, shovel pass to Brandon Bolden from four yards out, and did not score another point for the rest of the game. Um, and Kalen Balaj on that drive actually had a big 31-yard catch on a swing pass down the right sideline. He, that was the only big play that he made the entire game. Um, you know, and I think that um, the Dolphins are not going to go to Buffalo and, and rack up a bunch of points because uh, that, that's typically not what happens. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that the, the the situation of focus here on in this game is just Josh Allen and Robert Foster. We can move on to the next one. The next game that we're taking a look at, as we're looking at the Sunday one o'clock games are the games where there's like no or very little playoff implications. So they're not as good of a games or as in, it's interesting. It's the lions at the Packers. The lions offense just makes me sad in my heart inside. Um, and they're playing the Packers who, you know, I think a couple weeks in a row now they've actually put up some points, uh, done some stuff offensively, Rodgers able to lead the comeback against the Jets. What do you have? Um, I'm guessing you're going to like some maybe uh, some of the rookie receivers for the Packers. Um, yeah, possibly. I mean, definitely. You know, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. They're still playing hard. Devontae Adams got 18 targets last week, so he need 11 catches. So he is now he now needs two more catches to break Sterling Sharp's all time record for. Um, most receptions in a single season by a Packers wide receiver. And then he needs 134 yards to break Jordy Nelson's record for receiving yards for single season receiving yards in Packers history. So I think that he's going to, they're going to like Aaron Rodgers going to continue to feed Devontae Adams very, very heavily. Uh, but he needs to hit some big plays in this one. He didn't really hit uh, any big plays until that last touchdown against the Jets. He needs to hit big plays in this one to get to 134. Um, the rookie receivers did come alive last week. Equinemia St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. 
I, you know, they, they are dependent upon Randall Cobb has to not play because um, Randall Cobb was out last week. So we've got to make sure that that happens. And then, yeah, in that, in that scenario, I think that we can talk about MVS and, and uh, St. Brown, uh, St. Brown likely playing on the outside. And then um, Marcus Valdez-Scanling likely playing on the inside. Uh, Jake Kumaro, uh, though, also came alive uh, last week. He was a big, he was a stud in the preseason. And he's a guy to monitor uh, as well. Jimmy Graham has just kind of just kind of faded out. I they may cut him after the season. Jamal Williams also had a, a big game. He's another guy worth talking about because he played 85 of 90 offensive snaps last week against the the Jets. The Jet the the game of course went to overtime, and um, <clears throat> you know the Packers wound up running a ton of plays in that game. Um, Jamal Williams 21 touches. Well over 100 yards from scrimmage, scores a touchdown, uh, six catches, you know, and he's going to be facing off with this Lions defense that, although it has been better against the run since they got back snacks, since they acquired Snacks Harrison from the Giants, um, they did place uh, Ziggy Ansah and Deshaun Hand on injured reserve um, over the last three weeks. So. Those are two big losses to the defensive line. You know, are the Lions even going to be, you know, up for this game at all? Like they're, they've been dead in the water since like midseason. Um, and whereas the the Packers are, are still going hard, uh, so I, I think that all the Packers dudes are in pretty good spots. On the other side, I think the only guy worth talking about is Kenny Galladay. Um, he's coming off a 15 target game. Um, they've been moving him around a lot in week 15. He was 43% slot last week. He was 31% slot. Um, so they're, you know, they've been a little bit more creative with him lately. Their slot receiver, Bruce Ellington is out for the year. Um, Galladay had the third most air yards of any wide receiver in the NFL in week 16, but only came away with 58. And I think that he can, we can see some, kind of regression, positive regression back toward the mean in his favor this week against Green Bay, which has given up a bunch of big games to outside receivers. Robbie Anderson, of course, being the latest. We can move on to the next one. Next game uh, is an interesting one. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have obviously very little offense, against the Houston Texans. I was so impressed by Deshaun Watson on Sunday against the Eagles. This is a game that the Texans have to win. I mean, if they lose, then they could end up being the sixth seed rather than the division champion. So Texans are going to be firing on all cylinders. Demarius Thomas looks like he tore his Achilles. He's out. They did throw a touchdown pass to Vincent Smith. We don't know about Lamar Miller's status yet, but they should be all hands on deck to make sure they win the division and make sure they get... No worse than a three seed, Evan. Who are we looking at in this one? Yeah, this is a game that I have not dove into yet. Um, unfortunately, I, we yeah, of course, Demarius Thomas is out. Um, I think that that does mean that Vincent Smith will be a starter on the outside, opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Can the the Texans get back Kiki QT? You know, we haven't really seen him. He hasn't played a full game since Week Six. Uh, but that will be a situation worth monitoring. But they are—they're running out of 
uh, out of talent in the pass catcher core and really in the running back core. Lamar Miller did not play last week. That means he's got a, a significant injury. I mean, he did not play in a very important game. I mean, that would suggest to me that he might have like a high ankle sprain. Maybe he'll try to gut it out this week. He probably will. But, I mean, that seems like a situation to avoid just at surface level. Um, on the other side, I, you know, they benched Cody Kessler, kind of put him out of his misery last week. He was really bad again. And, you know, will Blake Bortles get the start this week? Uh, we're going to find out. Um, I think that he actually, if Blake Bortles does get the start, you know, kind of degaff Blake Gore, Blake Bortles playing in a situation where, you know, he's got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Um, you know, I think he actually would be kind of interesting as a fantasy option um, in in DFS. I think you, you would play him with D.D. Westbrook. Um, but, you know, I that's really that's really stretching and. Um, I, you know, especially behind this offensive line, this has kind of been not, you know, not covered enough is just how depleted they are on the offensive line. The only starter that they have left that is not on injured reserve is AJ can, um, who I think entering the season, most people would have considered their weakest starter on the offensive line. Every other guy placed on injured reserve. And so that has really taken its toll on their running game. Um, and certainly on their pass protection, and ultimately, like the Texans' defense is probably going to be a better bet than any Jaguar skill position player. Uh, we can move on to the next one. All right, Evan. Next game is Jets Patriots. Actually, kind of curious to hear what you're going to say about this one. I feel like with the way Darnold's been playing, and Robbie Anderson and Chris Herndon, I actually feel like for a one week DFS slate that the Jets have some interesting plays here. Jets are dangerous, man. They, they are dangerous. Their quarterback is playing at a really high level to finish out the season. Who really, who truly can cover Robbie Anderson um, and Chris Herndon? I mean, this is like a pretty pretty intriguing young core. You know, they, they hit on Darnold and they hit on Chris Herndon in the same draft. I think that Chris Herndon is, is locked in as a huge part of this offense and they, you know, they. It, it kind of took them a while to acknowledge it. They rotated him with Jordan Leggett and Neil Sterling earlier in the season, but um, he's running his, you know, season high route totals at the end of the season, and he has not hit a the proverbial uh, rookie wall. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this game is interesting from that standpoint um, of just the, like there's clearly chemistry that has been established between Darnold and Robbie, between Darnold and Herndon. Um, and then Elijah McGuire has also been highly productive. And I think you can count on him to play a big role in the passing game, even if he doesn't have – even if the Jets fall behind here, which they're projected to do, um, he's going to stay on the field and be a contributor in the passing game against a Patriots defense that has given up a lot of production to running backs um, <clears throat> via the passing game. Uh, but I think that from the Patriots side, this game sets up best – as a Sony Michelle game. And, you know, watching last week's game, I, I kind of wondered to myself, you know, they have their passing game has reached a state where their passing game is just a, not a dominant passing game right now. And so are they going to maybe kind of veer into more of a run first approach? Um, at least definitely like when they have, have the opportunity to do it. And I think that they will have the opportunity to do it. 
against the Jets. The Jets' run defense has not been very good. Um, you know, last week Jamal Williams had a lot of success running against them. Um, and they've just given up a lot of rushing yards in the second half of the year um, on a pretty much weekly basis and giving up high rushing efficiency as well. So with the Patriots' passing game kind of scuffling, you know, Rob Gronkowski's not the same. Josh Gordon is gone. Um, <clears throat> for whatever reason, just the, the chemistry has not been there this year between Chris Hogan and Tom Brady. And, you know, I think that Tom Brady has shown uh, some signs of decline this year. Um, are they going to lean just heavily on Sony Michelle? I think that they will. And I think that there's a good chance that they can successfully in this game. And then the other pass catcher to look at, of course, is Julian Edelman. He's been the rock in the Patriots uh, pass catcher core and the Jets have gotten crushed by slot receivers all season long. We can move on to the next one. Okay. Uh, the next game up in the 1 o'clock slate, Carolina, where there's even some talk about maybe shutting down Christian McCaffrey. I've heard. I haven't gotten any latest information on that. Playing against uh, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints, that offense looked a little bit more like the, the Saints offense we had seen earlier in the year with how they performed against the Steelers on Sunday. Yeah, this is another really difficult one to talk about on Wednesday morning because um, are, are the Saints going to sit starters? Um, like, do you have any take on that? I mean, I, I've just read quotes from Sean Payton like saying that I'm not going to tell you whether we're going to sit starters. Do you have any opinion on that, Ross? Um, I have an opinion that I think that they probably should. I don't have an opinion as to what they're going to actually end up doing. I have no idea what they're going to end up doing. Um, you know, he says he's going to treat it like a regular season game. I don't really believe that. If there are guys with aches and pains, I firmly believe that they will not be going out there and playing. So we'll see. Um, I think Sean Payton likes winning. I think he likes his record being as good as possible, but mm -hmm. I think it's uh, you know I, I think it's dicey to take anybody from the Saints without really knowing. I'm sure he wouldn't mind getting Teddy Bridgewater a half. I, mean, yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of different situations that could that could happen. That's right. I mean, I you know I'm trying to think of like because I. I'm, I'm with you that I think that any pretty much any saint is dicey. I mean, are we going to get a full complement of Michael Thomas snaps? I, I don't think so. You know, Kamara, Ingram, doesn't really make sense. So then I was thinking, well, you know, if we move down the depth chart, could we get 40 snaps of Taysom Hill? You know, because that, that could be fun. Um, you know, he's, he's running around and maybe running for scores and throwing for scores, but they've also got Bridgewater. And it really makes sense for them to not use Taysom Hill like that. Because then, hey, you know, first of all, Sean Payton loves to use Taysom Hill sparingly, um, you know, or um, selectively over the course of a game. Why give the rest of the NFL, um, you know, 40 snaps of film on Taysom Hill? Um, you know, so I, I think that that's kind of out. And then you move down to Teddy Bridgewater, you know, <clears throat> it does make sense for them to play Teddy Bridgewater a lot in this game because he hasn't really played all season and this is a great opportunity to you know use him at home at the dome against a team that 
also may not have a, a full complement of starters because the Panthers are, are completely out of it. And it's a game that they should win. I mean, look, the Panthers, you know, even if they're even if they're out there playing with Heath Kirkwood and Dan Arnold and, you know, um, Teddy Bridgewater for most of the game, they, they should be able to beat this team that's quarterbacked by Taylor Heineke, um, you know, at home in the Superdome. So uh, I, I think it's an avoid situation uh, at this point. Maybe look at the Saints defense. They'll be resting good players for sure, I think. Um, but I think that they're still going to end up being a good play. Uh, Taylor Heineke did play. I mean, he showed incredible toughness last week playing through a, a, a very painful left elbow injury. I'm not even sure that he's going to be healthy enough to play in week 17. We'll see. You know, all the beat writers took, you know, pretty much took the last couple of days off, you know, to be with their families during Christmas. And um, we, we, not a lot of information has come through. So we're going to probably get hit with a ton of information throughout the day on Wednesday and on Thursday. But it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Taylor Heineke does not make the start and it goes to Kyle Allen, who did come into last week's game and uh, perform very capably for a little bit longer than a series. I think he finished like four for four for 38 yards. He made some made some uh, pretty clutch throws. Um, or we just see both of them throughout the course of the game. So, And then, yeah, you mentioned about McCaffrey. Are we going to get a full game of him? That's very dicey as well. I mean, I was surprised that they did give him 33 touches, but he set a bunch of records last week, some franchise records, uh, joined Matt Forte and LaDainian Tomlinson as the only three players in NFL history to um, <clears throat> have 100 catches and 1,000 rushing yards in the same season, broke Matt Forte's single-season record for receptions by a running back. So... Uh, and then in the pass catcher core, like it's all it's all spread out. Ian Thomas did step up and play pretty well. Saints have been great against tight ends all year. Um, and then you know Funchess, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Torrey Smith played uh, last week. He hadn't really been playing very much recently, so there's just a lot of guys there. Uh, Jarius Wright had like six or seven catches. So I think I think this is mostly a game to avoid. Uh, we'll definitely keep tabs on it as the season, as the the week progresses, and maybe some guys will become more interesting. But right now, I think it's it's a little too dicey. How about the Cowboys, who are locked in to the number four seed as NFC East champs against the Giants? So, Cowboys are another one that y- you wonder how much we'll see Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, because they are totally locked into that four seed. Playing against the Giants squad that, you know, they've been, you know, competitive. They played against the Colts, put up some decent points. So I think the Giants should at least be, if they're starting Eli Manning, you'd imagine that the Giants will be, you know, doing whatever they can to try to put up points at home, final game against a Cowboys team that, that might be resting a bunch of dudes. Yeah. So in 2016, um, <clears throat> the Cowboys. We're in a somewhat similar situation, different, but in a somewhat similar situation where they could not move entering the playoffs. Now, the, And they had a first-round bye. They had earned a first-round bye that year. I think they went 13-3. and three. And so they were going to be resting in the first game anyways. So it, it, made, it actually made more sense for them in that game 
because they had the bye coming up to play in week 17 as opposed to like taking two buys almost. But they took the two buys. I mean, Dak barely played. Zeke didn't play at all. Um, and now they have um, – now they're locked into the the four and um, they have – they do not have a buy, so it makes more sense for them to use Week 17 as their buy, if all that makes sense. So I think that we're not going to see Cowboy starters. And if you go back and look at, and, you know, can we look down the depth chart and, you know, maybe find some sleepers? I don't know about that either because in that, in that uh, Week 17 game in 2016, they just spread everything around. First of all, it was Mark Sanchez at quarterback, and this will this will probably be Cooper Cut or Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush uh, would be the guy playing the role of Mark Sanchez in this game, and then um, they've got two RBs in Rod Smith and uh, Darius Jackson, and they've also got a fullback Jamie's Olawale, who they could give carries to. And in that Week 17 2016 game, you know, he was like. Um, <clears throat> McFadden, Alfred Morris, and Lance Dunbar each got work. Nobody got more than like nine carries. So I think that's a, a I think it's just an offense to completely avoid. Um, with the Giants, yeah, I mean, is OBJ going to play? It's hard for me to imagine thinking that he w- thinking that he would at this point. Um, and that would leave Sterling Shepard and Irvin Ing- Evan Ingram as the Giants. Uh, go-to pass catchers. Evan Ingram has been great in this role down the stretch after on the heels of a very disappointing season. Uh, and then uh, Sterling Shepard uh, finally had a breakout game against Indianapolis. Um, you know, the matchup is bad on paper for Sterling Shepard, but, you know, are, are the Cowboys going to find ways to rest like Byron Jones and um, Shadobi Awuzie and Anthony Brown, their slot corner? Looks like he's not going to play anyway due to a back injury. Um, I think that Sterling Shepard, as long as, you know, when we are heading into the game, first of all, OBJ, I think, needs to be out. And also, we need to be getting indications that the Cowboys are not going to be playing starters or there's regular starters on defense. And also that there are no indications that Kyle Laletta could come in for Eli Manning at some point. As long as we get all those boxes checked, I think that Sterling Shepard will be a decent play, and I think and I think the same goes for Evan Ingram, um, Saquon Barkley. Like, are are they going to play? I guess they're they're at home. The Giants are at home, so it does make sense. I guess I don't know. Do you have any any uh, any any opinions on Saquon Barkley playing a full game here, Ross, or could we get more Wayne Gallman, and then we can move on to the next one after that? It's a good question, but if they're starting Eli. I think they want to win the game. I think they want to beat the Cowboys for their fans at home. I think they want to finish on somewhat of an up note. So I, I would expect them to play this game as normal, but there is risk there. So if you take Saquon, you have to keep that in mind. Um, the last game for part one here, it's unusual that part one has less games than part two, but it's the Falcons and the Bucks, And I feel like, there's a high potential for points in this one, mm-hmm. and that this could be an interesting game for DFS people to look at. Yeah, I have not uh, gone full bore on this game yet. Um, 
in, in terms of just digging into everything, but uh, definitely one of the things that I determined uh, just from my initial glance at the at the slate is that this is going to be a game that we can hit. You know, this is a game where we can invest fantasy starts into, and um, it's got the second highest total on the slate. The Chiefs Raiders has uh, the first the the highest total, um, and that will be uh, on part two. And of course, that's lopsided toward Kansas City. So, so this game really, in terms of like being a back and forth game, I think that this game, uh, out of all the games on the slate, has the highest potential to be that that track meet shootout uh, in Tampa Bay. We're going to be want, wanting to monitor weather for sure, but I don't think that there have been any indications that guys are going to sit. Julio Jones, you know, on the Falcon side, he needs to. He needs to play if he's going to if he's going to lead the NFL in receiving yards this year, and I have no doubt that that means something to him, you know. And um, it should mean a lot. I mean, that's you, you get your name put in the record books, you know. You get remembered as one of the greatest receivers of all time, as as he should be. Um, and then uh, on the other side, I mean, Mike Evans, you know. Uh, Djax, I he left last week's game. He got hurt again. I don't know if he's going to play. That'll be something to monitor. If he's out, then we can go back. We can go back to start looking at uh, Chris Godwin. Um, I still think the Bucks running back situation is one to avoid. Like <clears throat> last week, Peyton Barber, or the week before, Peyton Barber ran really well um, against Baltimore, and then last week, I mean, just a total dud. Jekwiz Rogers ends up scoring more fantasy points than him. Um, I still think that that is a situation to avoid, even in a good matchup at home. Uh, but I think that Jameis, you know, this is really this is a, a big game for Jameis because he started to turn it over again. I mean, he's got four turnovers over his last three, and last week he lost two fumbles, took three delay of game penalties, um, and this is you know the this is like a uh, a showcase game for him because the, number one, the Bucks have to decide whether to keep him. At twenty point nine million for nine, for two thousand nineteen, uh, or to uh, decline that and um, send him into free agency because that that salary is only guaranteed for injury. Um, so he could potentially be this could be like his free agency showcase game. This is going to be a big one. It's in a good matchup with a high total. Um, again, you know Mike Evans. We're looking at Chris Godwin. We're looking at uh, Cameron Brait here. And then on the other side, we're looking at Matt Ryan, Julio. Um, Calvin Ridley made a big play last week. Although, man, I mean, the Falcons-Panthers game, like the Panthers just blew coverage, I mean, repeatedly, which resulted in that 75-yard touchdown to Calvin Ridley and the 44-yard touchdown to uh, Mohamed Sanu. And so th- those really elevated those guys – a production in, in that particular game, just those two plays. And Calvin Ridley, I mean, he still only had five targets. You know, it's not like he his role changed during the game. Uh, but Julio was banged up, and uh, hopefully Julio will be healthier this week. And then um, Austin Hooper, uh, he was dealing with knee and ankle injuries. He his box score wasn't big, but he did have um, he did look healthy on a, um, like a 32 yard gain. Uh, down the left sideline, I thought he ran like a really good route. Just got himself wide open against Carolina, and Ryan hit him with a nice touch pass. 
Um, but I, he was at least he looked healthy in that game. The the running back situation, Tevin Coleman. Well, first of all, the the Falcons just didn't really even have the ball in the first half, uh, or they didn't even really have the ball over the course of the game because every time they get the ball, uh, they just score like a quick touchdown, and so the Panthers would get the ball back. And you know it was like a bunch of dump off passes from Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen to you know, Christian McCaffrey and Jarius Wright that, you know, kept bleeding the clock and the Falcons didn't have very much play volume. So Tevin Coleman was a huge disappointment and then he got hurt. Um, He actually ran pretty well. I mean, I think he finished with like eight or nine carries for 54 yards. He had a high, he had a high average, uh, but they didn't involve him at all in the passing. And the Falcons did not have one reception by a running back last week in the entire friggin' game. Um, Brian, and then Brian Hill came in, he ripped a big run. He also lost a fumble at the end of the game, um, or toward the end of the game. He had no catches. So I I don't know. We're going to have to find out is Tevin Coleman healthy? You know, do they add another running back? My inclination right now is just avoid the situation. Um, we can move on to part two. Evan, terrific work as always. I love it. Almost as much as I love the fact that I am keeping my hair. Yeah, I have not lost any hair in a long time thanks to Keeps, which is awesome. I was actually using the two drugs before I even heard about Keeps. I was already taking the pill once a day in the morning, and I was already putting the topical uh, thing on the top of my head and my bald spot uh, once in the morning after I shower and then once a night before I go to bed. Now I can get both of these mailed to my house for less money with Keeps. So number one, if you guys are already using those two drugs, sign up for Keeps ASAP because you don't have to go to the doctor, you don't have to go to the pharmacy, and it's less expensive. If you aren't using any of those, but you see any signs at all, even little tiny signs, that you might be losing your hair, make sure you go to keeps.com slash feast. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash freest. Not freest, feast. You get a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash feast. One of the best things I've signed up for in a long, long time. Saving me a lot of time, definitely money, And if you're not taking the only two FDA-approved drugs because they work to keep your hair, you're you're just wrong. Keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. Speaking of tomorrow, that is when you'll get a chance to hear the rest of Evan's breakdown. We'll record it now, put it in your podcast app shortly after midnight so your app doesn't freak out about two podcasts in the same day from the same show we understand a lot of them can't handle that, so we do it after midnight so they don't freak out. Other than that, I'm uh, pretty stuffed. That was that was pretty, although this will be our biggest part two ever, I think. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.